Hello, my name is Big Sky, and this is Big Sky Buckets. This is my podcast, my overall channel for making videos about the NBA and basketball overall. We might get to college eventually. For right now, that's not the case. Here, I'm going to talk about my opinions on basketball in a landscape as wide as it is today with how much talent there is. I think there's a lot of opinions, and I want to give mine. But today is the final day before basketball is back. So I'm going to give you my Eastern Conference standing predictions. So starting from the bottom, at number 15, we have the Washington Wizards. The Wizards this past offseason decided to finally trade Bradley Beal after giving him a no-trade clause in his contract, which sent him to the Phoenix Suns for nothing in return. But they managed to flip that... Chris Paul asset, 38-year-old Chris Paul, going to be 39 soon, into Jordan Poole. This, on paper, is not the greatest thing that you want if you're the Wizards. However, theoretically, this guy should be a candidate for most improved. He's going to shoot a lot of shots. And with no pressure, no criticism for bad shot selection, and just shot chucking in general, there's there's a path here for him to be first time all-star, be the points per game leader of this team. And alongside Kyle Kuzma with his brand new contract, he is also prepared to be, he's either gonna be a core piece of the future, which would make the timeline of this team very bizarre, or he could easily be a big trade candidate for the trade deadline when it rolls around in late February. There, that team can get assets in return and really start building for the future. And then when it comes to the future, their recent draft pick, Bilal Koulibaly, super experimental. He's going to be a great defender. You just want him to become a great two-way player. He's from France. He played with Victor Wimbenyama. It That's going to take time to pan out. So therefore, this team should be in no rush to win. And that's why I have them at 15. They could easily rise, but I think by the trade deadline, this team will be in full-on tanking mode. And that leads us to number 14, the Detroit Pistons. This is a team that's kind of the opposite of the Washington Wizards. This is a team that doesn't want to tank anymore. This is a team that wants to win. However, due to unfortunate events and happenings for this team, they have a brand new head coach, and they didn't get the Cade-Ivy backcourt they wanted last year after Cade went out, I believe it was two weeks into the season. They need to do one last year of tanking. That's what they need. They need to just learn the new system, have Cade and Ivy create chemistry, and just one more step for each of these young plays. Jalen Duren is... Super interesting. I think he could be one of the best centers in the league. I don't I don't know if I'll ever have him at number one with how incredible some of these centers are becoming in terms of overall offensive and defensive skill. But I think defensively and just a lob threat, this guy's going to be great. I used to work for Overtime Elite. I know how good Asar Thompson can be. So I'm, he, I'm high on him. He's going to be great. He's going to take some time. But if, it, if he hits a ceiling... This kid's going to be a beast. And for 
the other young guys, they have some bigs off the bench. They got to figure out if they want to go with Marvin Bagley or um, James Wiseman. But this is a team that just needs to figure it out. So they need one more year. But one more year is all they'll need before they will finally have taken the leap. Let's talk about another team that seems to just always go through it. And I'm talking about number 13, the Charlotte Hornets. I, again, just feel so bad for the people of Charlotte. This team just can't catch a break, whether it's controversy, whether it's just bad basketball, or just, again, just unfortunate. It feels like when this team was created after the Charlotte Hornets went to New Orleans and they became the New Orleans Hornets and then eventually the Pelicans, we recreated the Hornets again, but they were the Charlotte Bobcats. And ever since then, it feels like the basketball gods have just damned this team into oblivion. They just can't catch a break. The, mile, the Miles Bridges stuff is awful. Losing Kai Jones, it feels like this team really does need just another year of development. Brandon Miller can be very special. But it feels like this team wants to win right now, and I can understand that from a lot of their fans. I just feel that you just take it one more year. There's a lot of really good teams on the rise, and there's a couple of teams that we're going to get to soon that I think can that their time is ending. So I think you give it one more year. is going to win you games, and that's why I have them above the other two teams prior. But I think let Mark Williams do his thing. Let him develop another year. He was a rookie last year. He was great. You – with LaMelo, Mark Williams, and Brandon Miller, there's something bright there. It's just about you have to figure out who you want at the power forward. I would personally suggest P.J. Washington. And then I think you need a shooting guard for the future. I just don't think Terry Rozier is going to be the guard of the future anymore. I think his time is coming to an end. So Hornets 13. At number 12, I have the Orlando Magic. And I know what a lot of you might think. Wow, they have Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Like, they can't be that bad. And I think they won't be, which is why they're 12. And I think I could see them in the play-in. However, there is a problem. And over the course of time that I've gotten to know basketball and really gotten into it, which led me to this moment now, I think that playmaking is the most important factor in a competitive team. And if the playmaking is coming from guards, this team is going to have a problem. They have a logjam at guard. You're still banking on Markel Fultz. I like him. I don't know if I love him as your point guard of the future. You have Jalen Suggs. You just drafted Anthony Black. This is another one of those teams that needs one more year to figure it out. And specifically when it comes to figuring it out, you know that Paul is going to be a star. Franz is on the rise. Wendell Carter Jr. is a great, he's a solid center. Your front court is fine. There's nothing to worry about there. It's just about this backcourt. And with so many questions, I figure that there's going to be a lot of time that they need before it's time for them to arrive. And so I have them at 12 for that reason. I would have them hired. There's just a couple of other teams that we're about to get to where I think they're going to start really good. They're going to start they're going to have a bumpy start, but with the level of talent they have is going to lead to all right. If if you're only 500, then it might be time to blow it up. 
And that leads us to number 11. The team that I want to blow it up so bad. I have no idea if they're going to do it. But man, Messiah Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors have just screwed over their fans time and time again since they won. Since they won 2019, they have let Kawhi Leonard walk for nothing. Understandable, he didn't want to be there. Everyone kind of figured this was going to happen. You then let... Um, you then let Sergi Baca, Marcus Saul, Fred Van Fleet all walk for nothing, and then you only got Precious Achua and I think a second round pick for Kyle Lowry. Those are was that five six guys that were all important key pieces of a championship level team. You are now left the three guys that you are banking on to be your core now is Pascal Siakam who's 29, about to be 30, and is on the last year of his contract. OG Ananobi, who is right in between Pascal and um, Scotty Barnes. All three of those in the next two years need a new contract. You need a new, you're going to have to give Scotty Barnes most likely a max rookie contract extension at the end of the year. OG Ananobi is also a free agent after this year, and Pascal Siakam is also a free agent after this year. All of those guys are going to ask for max money. That's not going to work. It is time. You can either pick a side. Pick the side of, we want to win now, get rid of Scotty, and lock up the other two guys with the veteran experience. Or if you want to just say, this team isn't going to win us anything, which it's not as currently constructed, we just need to hit the rebuild button. You build around Scotty Barnes, and you just add more young talent around them and get rid of the other two. Where you are right now has been shown throughout NBA history. It does not work. It didn't work with the Golden State Warriors. It's not gonna work with you. I want you to blow it up. Trade deadline, get rid of Pascal, get rid of OG. It doesn't really matter. Just do that because that's how you're gonna end up at 11. Play in time at the 10th spot of the play in is a team that is eerily similar to the Raptors but there's a bright side to it, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets blew it up at the trade deadline last year, but they got back real value. Mikhail Bridges is going to be an all-star. He is the key piece of this team. You have an iron grip on the wing market with Cam Johnson, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and just a bunch of other long, tall wing defenders. You're going to be fine. The problem with this team is just the same as the Orlando Magic. Where are the playmaking guards? And the only difference here, and I'm giving you a little bit, of, little bit here, is I'm going to give Ben Simmons a tiny bit of credit. He's the only reason I have them at 10, is that if he can even be just a role player, this team can probably go get to the 10th seed. Otherwise, I'm not buying the Ben Simmons is back stock. We do this every year. Uh, this is the year he shows everyone that he can finally shoot outside the paint, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be an all-star, all defensive again. I don't buy it. I'm not going to buy it. Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm not doing this again. And so I have Brooklyn Nets at 10. They're going to be all-world defense. I just hate their playmaking so much. They might be a bottom 
5-3 offensive team in the league. So, number 10. And at number 9, I have the second and final team in the East that needs to blow it up. The Chicago Bulls, baby. Michael Jordan's team. The team that Michael Jordan built. Has been cursed ever since he left. They have. Derrick Rose, MVP, immediately destroys his knees. Incredible. Put, put together a team that looked like they were going to be the number one team in the East two years ago. Lonzo Ball's knees, gone. Feel so bad for him, but this team is cursed. It's time to, it's time to kill it. Again, playmaking is a problem. You have stars. DeMar DeRozan is a weird star to build around. Zach Levine, it's really hard to tell. Like, I want him to be good. He's aesthetically pleasing as a player. But it's not like it directly translates to wins necessarily, which is why they've been kind of just meh, just stuck in NBA hell the last two years. And you kind of knew it was happening once Lonzo Ball was gone. They went from number one two years ago to like slowly making it down to six to where they just got, it was either six or seven, they just got mollywopped by Milwaukee. And ever since then, it's just been like, it's a different five. Patrick Williams, you're banking on to make this leap again. Vucevic is tied. He's he's starting to enter that twilight of his career where he was an all-star with Orlando, and now it's just kind of like who like he's a good player, but is he really like a core piece? There's just a kind of there's just like this like most people, if you watch this team, you get this vibe of like they should be great, but they aren't. And so I have them at nine. They're going to win. Like, DeMar and Zach and Vooch will win you games, but not many. Which brings us to the eighth seed. The first team to make a real jump. The Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers, I think they're, they're unconventional in a way that they kind of blew it up by trading DeMontis, like, a year and a half ago to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton. But then they kind of like started to rise up a lot. And then just in one year's times, it was, okay, we don't really have to rebuild at all. We're just going to start giving contracts to players that other teams are not playing enough, which that's why they tried to get DeAndre Ayton uh, a year ago and that that didn't pan out but that's their strategy is just the young guys that have a lot of promise when their rookie extension or contract comes up we're just going to throw a contract at them or we're going to try and just steal them for nothing uh we're going to give bruce brown a huge contract because he just won a championship you get some veterans in there you have shooting and defense you just drafted jarris walker he's going to be great defensively what you're looking from jarris walker that could really make this team. It won't necessarily break this team. If he can have a Walker Kessler style, just all world defensive uh, as of rookie um, season, you're going to, this team's going to make a leap. And with Obi Toppin possibly in the most improved category, I, there's just a lot to like. I think Tyrese Halliburton's a tad bit overrated, but like, I'm going to, Save that for another day. I think he will be perfectly rated after this season. I just think it's a little like you're, you're jumping the gun just a tad bit. But this team should make the play in. Then we get to really figure out 
how he's like how Tyrese Halliburton is as a player. And then the only real question mark for this team to me is just what do you do with Buddy Heald? Are you going to keep him? Or are you just going to let him walk uh, after the season is over? I don't know, but there's a lot to like about this team. At seven, the biggest faller yet. The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. Uh, I'm I'm give get I'm trying to give them credit here. Seven is still better than what they ended up as last year before the playoffs started, where they lost to the Atlanta Hawks in the play-in when they were the seventh seed. They lost and then they made it eighth when they beat the Chicago Bulls. This is a team. That is just not going to be great in the regular season. You know what they're going to be. Like, everyone's beat it down. They beat a dead horse here. Heat culture, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy Butler is going to be great in the playoffs. He doesn't really take the play, uh, the regular season seriously. Tyler Hero will, and Bam probably will. It's just kind of when you let rotational guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Drews walk for nothing, I'm sure a lot of you are going to say they didn't mean much, but they had key rotational minutes in the playoffs and they did a lot to help them get as far as they did. When you have to integrate new undrafted players or just new young guys that haven't gotten like any runtime thus far, that's going to be a learning curve and that's going to cost you wins during the regular season. So I'm not saying that I would still, there's a couple of teams coming up here that I would put them above if we were doing a power rankings for the playoffs, but given the re regular season hasn't even started yet, like, that's what we're talking about here. We're not. Uh, so we are now exiting out of the play-in. We're going to get to the regular season or the uh, playoff positions. Playoff locks here. Ladies and gentlemen, my Atlanta Hawks. Finally. Finally. They have a real coach who integrates a real system. Quinn Snyder has always been a positive regular season coach. He will guarantee you wins. He will guarantee you a top offense. I want to say it will not be bottom 20 defense. So, um, or bottom 10 defense. This team's just going to be different. They're just going to, the whole Trey Young dribbling, hit, the Trey monocentric offense is for the most part going to be gone. There's going to be more effort. He has shown us just from preseason in all of the interviews that he's buying into the system. And if he's buying in, then everyone else is going to buy in. I can do a different video or different podcast just about the Atlanta Hawks. But the main thing here, the offense is just going to be more modern and fluid. There's going to be less mid-rangers in ISO plays and just draining the clock down until Trey wants to give you the ball for an assist. Like, there's going to be more efficiency. I've already seen the help defense is just significantly better. We're going to start running zone. We're not going to just do man-to-man -man and let people just let them get to the basket. There's a there's a concerted effort from the top down of buy-in, of we want to do something here that we haven't before, and that's win regular season games at a high clip. I would have them higher just because of personnel how I think the offense is going to work, how I've seen that this is like the best looking defense they've had so far and the overall health of this team. Normally they come in just banged up to start the season, but everyone seems to be good to go. I'm very high on a bunch of these young guys. 
Um, I'm going to put them at six just out of respect for the guys above them. At number five, I have a team that I really debated just throwing them at the bottom of playing. This is the bad vibes Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, this is another this is another team. This is a, Joe Embiid and Tyrese Maxey can't catch a break. First, it was Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for this team. Okay, I'll just carry you to like a top four seed. Joel Embiid does that. Okay, James Harden doesn't get what he wants. I'm just not going to play for you guys. Problem this time around is you lost a lot of good rotational players. Um, not too many, but it's enough to make a difference. The reason why I have him at five is I do believe in the Tyrese Maxey lead. I think an all-star berth is pretty inevitable. Um, Joel Embiid will still win you regular season games. This is it. He is a monster in the regular season, offensively and defensively. The main thing that has them dropping down is James Harden and the fact that I do not love their new head coach, Nick Nurse. I like Nick Nurse. Literally, just not for this team. This is the worst team he could have chosen. And for no other fact than Joel Embiid is very injury prone, especially when you get to the playoffs. Nick Nurse is a guy who likes to run his starters into the ground. I mean, he, he has been running seven-man rotations in the regular season for the past three years, maybe. Now, that could be something about the Toronto Raptors bench. But to be fair, this bench here after this offseason is not something that should excite you more than the Raptors the past couple of years. So I'm just concerned that Nick Nurse is going to do what he did in Toronto here in Philly, and I think that's going to have a negative effect on Joel Embiid's knees or his feet. Or, you know, he just – this man just finds new injuries every time. So that's what I'm concerned about. I'm most concerned that that's going to be – and that's going to be the undoing of this team, and that's why I have him at five. Still good seeding, just not the typical top four seed they typically get. At number four, I have the – team that I just think is the most consistent, the New York Knicks. I There's a world where this team falls down a lot, and that's just really about is Julius Randle going to have – is he is this just clockwork for him? Goes from all, like all-star, all-NBA season to just absolutely terrible – to all-star all-NBA season. If that's the case, yeah, this team might drop a little bit. But I believe that the Knicks, as a predominantly defensive team, they're just going to hold the fort. I'm concerned about Julius Randle. I'm concerned about Tom Thibodeau and possibly losing the locker room because there's only so much Tom Thibodeau a team can handle before it all blows up. It's well-documented. Um... There's not too much to talk about. Dante DiVincenzo helps with shooting, which they've needed. They just have a lot of young guys as well that can make the leaps, especially Emmanuel Quigley, Quentin Grimes. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like a solid team that I would bet. I don't think they could fall to plan, personally. But 
it's hard to tell. This is not th these. This team and the next team are two teams that I'm like th these guys are locks to just be similar to what they were last year. And so, at number four, I have the New York Knicks. At number three, I have a team that is designed to win regular season games and hopefully finally win a playoff series for the first time since LeBron left them. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, this, again, this is another team that just added more shooting, and that was really about it. Uh, I'm going to disregard for once the actual regular season for this team. I think <laughs> you need to maybe trade Jared Allen and just make Evan Mobley your full-on starting center and just add like a real stretch four to this team or get a stretch five at the cost of regular season games. If you want to keep moving on, I just think the Twin Towers thing in Cleveland opposed to Minnesota is really good defensively and really just kind of bad offensively. Otherwise, I mean, I won't be surprised if this team is the number one seed just from consistency, chemistry, continuity. They're, they're going to be great. I, I, I just have questions for the playoffs, but that's for another day. So now it's time to choose between the top two teams. Which one is number two and which one is number one? And this is a painful – this one's really hard to figure. But I'm going to go with number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think there's a few things here that make a massive difference to me. Um, chemistry with Dame and Giannis, it should work super well. And then maybe have some games where you have Chris Middleton out. But otherwise, this team is regular, uh, relatively the same, except for the fact that I have a brand new head coach. And I think that's going to hold them back a bit. I think that holds them back from being number one, personally. I think Adrian Griffin will probably be good for them. But as a brand new head coach, never done it before. My concern is that it's going to take them a while to learn his new system or it's going to take him a while to really reach them because Giannis will be like, I want the ball in my hands to put up like 30 and 10 or something like that. And Dame will be like, well, I've always had the ball in my hands in Portland, so I want the ball in my hands so I can average 30 and 10. Like that there is kind of the issue I have really. It also the starting Shooting guard is not great, but that's not really a big deal for the for a team that has Giannis and Dame. I just think they have some tweaks to do here, and I think that will cost them a few games. Which leads me to the number one team that I think will have no tweaks, and the only concern is injury, and that is the Boston Celtics. <clears throat> Theoretically, because the season hasn't started, this is the best starting five in the league. I'm still going to go with Denver because they actually won a championship. But if your starting five is Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Christoph Porzingis, this team is going to be unbelievable on both ways, both ways of the floor. And you have Al Horford coming off the bench. There's really not too much to talk about. I wish I could get into analytics, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for once they start playing. But this team is going to shoot the lights out. They're going to be incredibly dynamic. 
the main question is, can Kristaps Porzingis play enough games? And then with how old Al Horford is getting, is that going to be a question? Uh, is that going to be questionable to play him a lot during the regular season? And if the, if both of those things turn out to be true, there are going to be teams down the line that are just going to rag on this team during the regular season with how flimsy their center play can become if injuries hit. So I, it was hard to pick between the two, but I think the Celtics just – if Jason Tatum's your best player and he's like – he's fair, he's a couple of years younger than Giannis, it does feel like – the media is about to start a campaign for him to be MVP. You can, there's like, there's a lot of vibes of like, all right, we've seen enough of Giannis and Jokic and Embiid. There's going to be a new guy. And I, to me, I've pinned that as like J Jason Tatum and Devin Booker are probably going to start getting the most media attention for like the narrative that the media will push for MVP. And I think that's going to work in his favor right here. So, just to rehash everything, 1 to 15. I got Boston at 1, Milwaukee at 2, Cleveland at 3, New York at 4, Philly at 5, Atlanta at 6, Miami at 7, Indiana at 8, Chicago at 9, Brooklyn at 10, Toronto at 11, Orlando at 12, Charlotte at 13, Detroit at 14, and finally at dead last. Washington Wizards at 15. And yeah, that's been my East uh, standing predictions. Um, thank you for listening. I believe tomorrow I'm going to try and get out Western Western Conference standings before the NBA starts at 7.30 Eastern. But thank you for listening. Please subscribe, like, comment, and uh, hope to see you again. Peace.